Hello, welcome to Be With The Word. I am Dr. Jerry Crete. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm here with my co-host. I'm Dr. Peter Melanowski, clinical psychologist in Indianapolis, Indiana, and we are excited to be here with you today. It's good to see you, yes. Jerry. You too, you too. This is the 14th Sunday in Ordinary Time, and uh, we are going to be reflecting on the readings for this coming Sunday. Um, and which will be July 5th. But we want you to know that if you haven't been listening to Hear, with, hear the Word, which is us reading it to you, uh, the readings <laughs> beforehand, we hope you'll join us. Uh, of course, it's been on Spotify, Apple, all those, all those um, you know, podcast sites. But this week, we begin putting it on YouTube too. So if you'd like to watch us read it to you and have the text show up so you could read along, Join us on Hear the Word, and it's episode 33 of Be With the Word, and so we're going to be labeling that episode 33 of Hear the Word so that they'll match together for you. So That's I'm excited right. about that, Peter. It's really cool. <laughs> That's really cool. That's right. And this episode's title is Receiving Comfort from God, because that is a huge deal for lots of people. And I'll tell you, Dr. Jerry, this is really what got me, right? So this is, in the, this is the line from the gospel that just gripped me today. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Mm, right? Yeah. Come to me, all you who labor and are, and are burdened. And I was thinking about that in the context of where we are in this coronavirus crisis. There are a lot of people who are really feeling the effects right now, really feeling the effects. This last week, I had more referrals to, uh, to, my, to my private practice than I have had in, in many years, just many people calling. And yeah. so the distress levels out there are high right now. And so that idea of being burdened by all of the things that, that's happened, that just really resonated with me. Yeah, I think with um, both the pandemic and a lot of the political unrest and protests and different things going on, there's just a lot being stirred up for people. And if you're trapped in your home or you feel trapped <laughs> in your home and you don't feel like you can do much about it, you know, uh, that can create, a, I think, a sense of helplessness and a sense. In, and especially if you're affected financially, if you're affected, uh, even emotionally you're not being able to hang out with your friends as much or get out of the house and do things um i you know i've seen that too in my practice a lot of people are struggling these days this message is really relevant yep yep and if you start to like take a look at you mentioned the, the political process seeming to break down it's hard to find political figures to admire anymore it's hard to find uh, ecclesiastical figures, church figures that really seem to be, you know, really seem to be standing out in terms of holiness. You know, it, it, you know, it starts to, it starts, we start to, to lose the things that we've relied on. And that's what got me thinking about, that's what got me thinking about where do we go when we're burdened? Where do we go when we are, um, when we are like, exhausted where do we go when we're laboring right and here's our lord says come to me right and that got me thinking about where do we go because if you look at um, brown and elliot they're authors they wrote this book attachment disturbance in adult in adults um treatment for comprehensive repair it's a a really big book in uh trauma circles 
you know, the, their third primary condition for secure connection or secure attachment to, uh, to, 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 uh, to another, to another figure is to another person is felt comfort, felt reassurance, compassion. You know, if you don't have that when you're growing up, you're going to have all kinds of issues in relating and connecting to other people. And so it really got me thinking about, you know, our connection with God, right? And can we go to God and find what he promises us in this gospel? That is rest. And what he means by that is the sense of peace, abiding peace, right? It sounds almost a little paradoxical because he says, you know, take my yoke and you will have rest. Whoa, that seems weird, you know? Yeah, you know, it's funny as you're saying all this, I'm thinking of busy parents and I think more women than men, but maybe really both, um, who spend a lot of their days comforting others and they understand what it is Mm -hmm. to comfort but don't spend any time receiving comfort. Right. And, and that just wears them out. Um, right. And they get eventually get resentful, get tired, get fatigue, exhaustion, and all this. And then when you say, oh, receive comfort from God, you're like, right. well, that's nice. And how do I do yeah. that? <laughs> how do I do that? Yeah. For some people, it doesn't resonate at all. And then for other people, they have times where that they might be able to do that. And other times when they're in a dark place where, again, they just lose the capacity to grip onto that in a felt way. That's what Brown and Elliot talk about in that book, is that it's got to be something that you experience. It's got to be an experiential aspect. It can't be, you know, some sort of uh, catechetical, intellectual, conceptual knowledge. Exactly. You know, it's hitting me. It's funny. I had this really nice day on Saturday. Um, I actually, you know, I didn't have any really major agenda items on Saturday, <laughs> except that later that night I was meeting with my men's group and, uh, and I got up and I went down, my wife was still asleep. I went downstairs and I sat in prayer and I sat in prayer for like an hour and a half and, uh, it was just wonderful. And then I remember later when I was with my men's group, I said, uh, I mentioned it. I don't know. It wasn't like bragging or anything. <laughs> said, oh, what a nice morning. I spent like a good hour and a half in prayer. And they looked at me like I was funny, like, wow, I'm impressed, like, good for you. And and I went, oh, but it wasn't hard. In fact, it was like, I felt like it was a luxury. And I'm curious, and then it made me think, like, why was it a luxury? I, I did have, prayer, like, I like to do the Byzantine morning prayer, and then I add the, the Psalms from the, the Roman Liturgy of the Hours. But I do that, but it's not like I had a whole list of tasks you know, that I was going to God right. as a, right. to be busy. I actually right. just ah, was able to sit there with him and it felt so good and comforting. I'm wondering if that's what you're getting at. That's what I'm getting at. That's right. Because some people, you know, they have a plan of life. I was very much like this and still sometimes can be, you know, I have a plan of life and I'm going to do these spiritual exercises. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to sort of tick off the things in my box you know, on the boxes of my, on my list of things to do for the spiritual life. And that can be important for us to have some structure. And I do appreciate that. But, you know, what you're talking about is you went to God, it sounds like in that prayer, because you wanted to be with him. You felt like it would be good for you to be with him. It wasn't because you had a duty to praise God or a duty to honor God or that, you know, you are executing what you know to be true in this really, you know, kind of dry conceptual way, 
but because there was a flowing of, you know, an, an, an upwelling of affection and of appreciation. Right. And, yeah. and there are totally. times where you, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's good. I had a, I have a tendency. I don't know about you, Peter. I think you might too, to like <laughs> want to read about stuff more than do it. Like I could sit there and read theological manuals, if you will, and dictionaries of the Bible and stuff like that, just out of pure delight. I know I'm weird. I'm a geek. And I'm very strange, but, and then never actually pray to God or be with God. So I've really had to cultivate that. I mean, I think I naturally, once I'm there and once I'm doing it, I love it, but I have to kind of get myself there. Well, I think that's, yeah, that's part of the common human experience. And that's why these things get written down in the scripture. It's to help us in our weakness. And even though both of us have had, you know, really great experiences in prayer, we have this way of forgetting. We have this way of losing track because we tend to get very focused and to lose a sense of continuity over time. We tend to get very wrapped up in the emotions of the moment, of the desires of the moment. Our attention gets riveted on something that's distressing us or distracting us, and we forget. You know, like, you know, I, I use the example sometimes of Curious George, right? The little monkey who sometimes forgets, right? We forget. We forget who God is and we need to create that space to let him remind us of who he is. Right. But that's really hard for people. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of reasons why we forget or why we never know or don't know in the first place place that are psychological. They're actually not spiritual. And we touched on this in episode 29 on Trinity Sunday, when I got into, uh, when we got into God images Right when we started mm-hmm. talking about unconscious God images. So if this is really something that floats your boat, you might go back to that one if you didn't listen to it or watch it. But yeah, th- there can be these, these problems in God images. And so what Brown and Elliot say is, and they have this whole therapy uh, that where, where basically you imagine parents that you never had, but that are right. perfect, right? These are idealized parents. They have this whole therapy based around interacting with these imaginary, uh, made-up parent figures. And Peter, in- can I can I pause you for just one yeah. second? Yeah. All right. I want everyone to hear about this because this is so important. We're talking about this parenting. Yes. And let's let's tease them just a oh, little. Oh, you're gonna tease them. You're gonna tease them, Jerry. Okay, you do it. So, I just want to mention something, and then we're going to get to hear Dr. Peter actually explain <laughs> in detail Brown and Elliot's parenting process, reparenting, I guess, process. All right. But before, just because I don't want to let too much more time go by, I wanted to mention our new course. So it's a free course. This is a total free course. We offer several free courses on our website. And this one we just put on there, and it's a Catholic's Guide uh, to Self-Help. Helping yourself. Uh, it's not. It's not if you need therapy. It's just if you need some help and guidance uh, to just take care of yourself in a in a more significant and meaningful way. So I just want to put that out there before we forget. Go to soulsandhearts.com and check out this new course if you're interested. Uh, of course, subscribe to on our website if you want to get our weekly updates. And if you're listening to us on any of the platforms, YouTube or whatnot, subscribe. And if you would like us and leave us comments. And I do want to just a little shout out to 
Jane. Jane on YouTube left us a message from last time That's saying right. that she, yes, that she had uh, tried the courageous act because remember that was our we were talking about fear and that she had tried the courageous act and she said it went really well. So uh, good for you, Jane. Awesome. We love your feedback. Uh, we love all of your feedback. So feel free to reach out and let us know what you're getting out of our, uh, our, you know, the show or any of our courses. We love to hear it. All right, Dr. Peter, tell us more about okay. Brown and Elliot and parenting. Uh, Brown and Elliot. It reminds me of Brown and Elliot. Brown and Elliot, you know, recognize that a lot of difficulties that people have in relating go back to childhood and they go back to the fundamental relationships between, between infants, toddlers, young children, and their parents. And so they came up with a protocol in which the therapist guides the client through this process of imagining perfect parents. I, they call them idealized parent figures, right? So this is IPF therapy, idealized parent figure therapy. And in this process, you just, you, you create almost like these avatars of perfect parents in your mind. And then you, then you relate with them right, at different points during your life. And so, I mean, this was obviously really interesting to me because I'm like, we already have, as Catholics, we already have perfect parents, right? right? We have so our spiritual. Ask, ask if you didn't say it, I was going to say it. Yeah. with God the Father. Thankfully. You know, and, and I would have loved this process to be more explicit, but it was it was powerful. So. Exactly. Exactly. We and 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 you know these are our primary parents. Our spiritual parents are our primary parents. Our natural parents are our secondary parents. God knew all the ways that our natural parents would um, come up short, and all natural parents come up short. Right? The only perfect parents are obviously God the Father and the Blessed Virgin Mary. Right. So, so you know, I come up short as a parent. We all do. Um, so. There was a plan for all of that. And we actually need, I like to use the word reparent. We actually need God the Father and the Blessed Virgin Mary to reparent us. Um, and we need to allow them the opportunity to do that. We need to let them into our hearts. We need to let them into our lives. And one of the things we're going to talk about today is how to do that. And this, one of the places where people get hung up is in this, can I receive comfort? Can I feel comforted? Can I feel reassured? Can I feel the compassion of God? Mm -hmm. um, can I feel those from the Blessed Virgin Mary? And that's a huge stumbling block for lots of people. You know, I, I wonder, you know, because you know, we both have PhDs. There's lots of people maybe listening that, that are, you know, that have high degrees or highly educated or highly skilled in something. And actually, sometimes that's an obstacle oh, yeah. because we can overthink it. And oh, what yeah. we're really being called to do is not a mental exercise, right? <laughs> this is really being called, I think, to be a child before God, to receive him like a child. So be to be simple, you know, to kind of access our own, that innocence, that simple trust. Uh, which can be hard, and, I, and it argues against some, sometimes our pride, our ambition, our ego, <laughs> right, to be able to do that. Or, or our self-protective mechanisms, right? Because there are parts of us that say, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, 
shame on me, right? I am not going to be vulnerable again. I am not going to sustain the wounds that I sustained when I trusted, you know, these significant people in my life in the past, whether that's father, mother, uh, you know, boyfriends, you know, pastor, whatever, right? And there was some kind of disappointment, right? There was some kind of harm that happened. And so, so there are psychological reasons and why we have trouble with this. It's not purely some spiritual, it's not purely some spiritual thing. And like you said, Jerry, it's easier for us to get into study mode, right? And to, right. And to wanna, and to wanna treat it as though it's a, a, you know, an intellectual exercise, right? Like it's, a, like it's a math problem or it's like studying history or something like that. It's not like that. It's an experiential and it's a relational thing. It's a, an experiential mm-hmm. and it's a relational healing that has to happen. And I like what you said, too, about um, sometimes we can be so religious that we fail to receive God's love and comfort. And uh, you gave the examples you gave, and I just think that's so consistent with what we see here in the, in the Gospels. Because the Pharisees or, you know, the, Jew, the Orthodox Jews, whatever, had a gabillion rules and laws, <laughs> right? Like for everything. You know, you couldn't, like, for the way you did your hair, the way you, if you were, like, plowing the field, you know, you weren't allowed to have an oxen and an, what is it, an ass or something at the same time. Like, who knows why, but there were a million, million rules. And so I think the people listening to what Jesus has to say here are probably experiencing a greater degree of relief than even right. we might hear because right. they, they're right. under that really heavy yoke of religious observances um and and of course we can be that way too we can be pharisaical in our practices and have some elaborate overdone program of life and you know and all this kind of stuff and and miss where what god really wants of us which is just i I was totally guilty of that i was totally guilty of that in fact you know when i was 22 i had this little like sheet where i would put down all my spiritual practices of the day and then I had all the days of the month and I would rate myself from zero <laughs> oh to gosh. 10 as to how well I did the exercise. Right. Oh, wow. And then I would total up the numbers and it was a very, it was a, it was an extreme burden, right? It was an extreme burden. I had gotten some bad spiritual direction, you know, about that. Okay. And, okay. and, you know, so there were some, there were some pretty, there's some pretty heavy duty problems, uh, you know, in the way that I was being formed at the time. But, um, but, and some of it was my own, my own inclination. Cause I was trying to earn, I was trying to earn the love of God. I wasn't approaching God as a child, you know, right. wanting to receive his love as a free gift. And I wasn't really giving him an opportunity to see me as vulnerable as weak. Right. Not that he couldn't see me as vulnerable and weak, but I, I didn't want to go there with that. And so, you know, this requires a lot of trust. It requires a lot of confidence in God, you know? And so that's what these readings are about, right? They're trying to let us know. He hides these things from the wise and the learned. He hides them from the wise and the learned. And he reveals them to the little ones. We have to become little ones is what I hear in that. And in fact, and then therefore the yoke will be easy. I actually looked up something here when it came to yoke because I know I didn't want you to beat me because you usually beat me at anything to do with cattle or livestock but but the word the Greek word and if you don't know this he has like his own farm so that's probably why but the Greek word for um what is it uh um 
yoke. Is it? Oh no, easy. The Greek word for easy is pres Christos, which means well fitting. Well fitting. So right. it it's the it's easy because it actually fits nicely. It doesn't rub against you wrong. And to me, that says God has a tailor is willing to have a tailor made program of life, if you will, for you. In other words, it's what fits you. It's not like whatever you want exactly, and you need mighty spiritual direction, but it's going to be made for you. And I think the right. church in its richness has so many you know, varieties of spirituality, from Franciscan to more Augustinian, Dominican, Ignatian, Carmelite, Benedictine. Like, there's all these different spiritual traditions because there's something for everyone right. within right. that. You don't have to be, if you're not a Franciscan type, you don't have to be a Franciscan. If you're not a, you know, if this Ignatian exercises don't work for you, guess what? There's other things other because things. the yeah. because it's, his yoke is easy. Right. You know, it's not a one-size-fits-all. And who made those yokes, right? Who made those yokes back in those days? Carpenters. It was a big job of carpenters mm. to make yokes. And when you had a yoke made, you brought your team of oxen to the carpenter. And he actually measured oh. it and he and he custom made it, almost like a tailor, right? Like you were talking about. Fitted mm. it to those animals, you know, because one's a little higher, one's a little... Because if you didn't do that, it would rub against it and sores would open up, the flies would come, maggots would get in there. You could have, you could lose your stock with a poorly fitted yoke. So it's, yeah, it's not that the yoke uh, doesn't require some effort. It does. But as you were saying, and I was going to bring this up, so you did beat me to it, Jerry. You did a great job. I, I did too. <laughs> <laughs> that yoke fits well. That's exactly right. The yoke fits well. Mm. But we have, and so when we pick our own yokes, right? When we pick our own crosses, when we do our spirituality our way, we wind up with things that bite, chafe, that bind us. Uh, and I think that's part of the burdens that we need mm -hmm. to be able to let go of, right? Because yeah. those kinds of things put on us by ourselves, by our false understandings of God and his expectations that are given to us by other people, like, for example, right. sometimes by spiritual directors who are not well-formed or who are not well-grounded, uh, which has happened to me. Um, you know, so we want to we wanna, we wanna make sure that, that we are actually, you know, experiencing mm -hmm. God in that relationship. That's so critical. And I wonder so, if... Sorry, I wonder if this connects us or is a segue to just saying something about Romans because the the St. Paul's letter to the Romans I thought was so fascinating and describing these two kinds of life, one that is um, uh, dominated by our sinful nature and the other one that is dominated by or by the Spirit of God. And I guess when I think about the yoke that is not easy, we think easy, I might think like all the fun stuff, but you know, like my yoke is Netflix or my yoke is well, hopefully not pornography, but whatever it is. But, you know, you, you mentioned some of those things. And, and I, and I wondered whether in fact we put on a yoke that we think will help us. And it really doesn't. It really doesn't. Yeah. 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 And I, I was sort of reading, reading into that, you know, that where's the focus, right? If we're focused on our flesh, right, and those are the things that are not of God, right? That's how they use the word flesh. It's not about actually condemning this, the physical body because the body is good. It's made by God. Um, but are we focused inwardly on ourselves or are we focused outwardly yes. on God, right? That's And that, yes. was the big, that was the big discovery for all the saints. I'm thinking of St. Teresa of Lisieux, the little flower. She talks about 
going to God with empty hands, you know, like I can't, I can't do this on my own. I don't have what it takes to become a saint. You know, I don't put my trust in me. I put my trust in you. It's sort of her, her, her little way, right? She wants this elevator, right? Instead of having to go up the stairs, she wants the elevator up to, to sanctity. And so I was thinking about that as you were talking, right? That we can, yeah. we can trust in God because our own trust in ourselves is going to be ultimately disappointed. Um, that's exactly what I got out of it was that self-absorption that we focus on, you know, the law is whatever my desires are. Right. So if that's passion, lust, uh, pride, ambition, that, that's my, what rules me and what determines what I do and so on, which is kind of the opposite of having Christ's mind. You know, having uh, I did this little meme of St. Patrick and he talks about Christ. like It's just beautiful. And Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ within me, Christ in everything. You know, seeing Christ, basically, you you when you're filled with the spirit of God, Christ is imbues is in, in everything you do and in, in all that you breathe. You're breathing itself is and you're breathing in Christ. It's you're walking with God, you know, like Enoch, I guess you're you're, you're so connected. Um, so, so there's, there's kind of one major reason for, for, for why we don't get there though, why we don't actually experience that. And, um, you know, and and so I'm thinking about this as a psychologist, right? So I'm thinking about it in the psychological realm, right? Right. There's also the spiritual realm and we, you know, we can talk about pride and we can talk about, you know, self-sufficiency. We can talk about concupiscence concupiscence we can talk about vices of various kinds but from a psychological perspective you know we need to be able to have a different experience of god we have some ideas and assumptions about who god is that we've generalized from our early experiences this is what brown and elliot would say right this right. is what most attachment researchers would say we we make we, we make up an image of god based on what we've experienced from other authority figures other parental figures in our lives with all their shortcomings and all their positives and, 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 and strengths too, but it's always going to fall short of who God really is. Um, and so the question is, and this is on a psychological level, can we experience God psychologically, emotionally, relationally as he really is? Will we let him show us who he really is? Or are we going to stay closed off? Right. And, Go with our assumptions, and you can study till the cows come home. Uh, you can you can you can research God, and many people will do this. We call it the defense of compensation within psychodynamic psych- psychotherapy. That's where you compensate for a deficit in some area by really emphasizing another area. So some people mm-hmm. they compensate for that distance from God by trying to learn all about Him. It's all a head thing, right? Instead of a heart mm-hmm. thing, instead of a relational thing. And so the, that's the number one thing that we need to do. And this is the hard thing, right? This is a hard thing because some of us are so afraid of God or some of us are so convinced that God doesn't care about us or some of us are so convinced that, that God has got other th- better things to do or that, you know, any number of other things about why that's hard for us psychologically that comes from our history. But if we create that space for God to be in our hearts, he will fill it. Mm-hmm. He will fill it. And so, it seems like even in in um, the first reading, there's which we didn't really talk much out. He's we did he, he comes in meek and riding a colt, right? So that's that's the path, right? We have to develop 
a meek spirit, which right. sometimes people think of meek as as being weak, but it's not the right. same. In fact, it's not it's, the same. Yeah. No, and he talk, and we also need that humility, right? He says, right. "Learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart." Right? That's what he says in the gospel for the Sunday readings here. Um, mm-hmm. We need that humility, right? We need to move away from the assumption that we already know who he is. We need to be humble mm-hmm. enough to say, "There's something about himself that he can show me that I don't really understand." Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he says it's Jesus. <laughs> Right, like he says, we know the Father through Jesus. We—that's how we know who the Father is. Right, and so He is the living. He was. He's the living image of the Father in a sense, the human image of the Father that we can connect to and learn from. So we have that in our by getting to know Him in the Gospels, by getting to know Him through prayer, and so on. Really understanding who He is through the sacraments. But but I would also say through the experiential aspects of prayer, right? Because it's possible to do a mechanical rote recitation of prayers and for it not to penetrate at all, right? right. Yeah. Um, and so, so we want to move into that relational, we want to move into that relational space. And, and so how, how, do we, how do we do that? How do we do that? And whoops, and I wanted to talk a little bit about like, you know, kind of the substitutes, right? I'm going to, I'm just going to invite you to reflect on this question. This is for you, Dr. Jerry, uh, but also all right. for all, all of you, all of you, right? Is where do I go to find compassion, to find reassurance, to find comfort when I'm in my dark place, when I need those things? Where do I habitually go? I mean, do I go to my spouse or do I go to my, do I go to my, my friend? Do I go to my parents? Do I go to my children? Or do I go to other places? Do I go to food? Do I go to alcohol for comfort, for reassurance? Do I go to pornography? Do I go to Netflix or YouTube, you know, to try to, to try to just soothe myself that way? So the first thing I'm going to ask as we move into some of our action items here is to reflect on where do I go for comfort? Where do I go for reassurance? Where do I go when I'm needing some kind of care? And, uh, and, 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 and where is that? What is that? You know, I know that there are times where I will go on YouTube and I'll watch, you know, comedy videos or I'll watch action clips or things like that. Not helpful to me, actually. That does actually not give me a sense of comfort or reassurance. Um, mm-hmm. and if I'm having problems in my family, I go to chocolate, you know, chocolate is actually a place that I will unconsciously habitually just go to. Um, so everybody's got a profile of those things and there's reasons why we seek those particular things out. So the first step is to identify what is it that you seek? Because that's like a barometer, right? That'll tell you when you start because you might not be aware that you're looking for comfort. You might not be aware. Like if I'm going for chocolate, I know there's something going on in my family. Um, and it actually cues me. And even if I'm not aware of it fully at that point, you know, it might be something subtle, but there's like a, there's like a, it's like a tell in, in poker. It tells me something that's mm-hmm. something that's going on within me. Um, so, so I'm just going to invite, invite you to take that, to reflection, take that to prayer, take that to consideration. Where do you go? And then 
the question, uh, then, then I'm going to invite you to begin a, what's called a particular examination of conscience. This is this goes back to St. Ignatius of Loyola when he introduced in the first week of his spiritual exercises, he introduces the examination of conscience. And there's a general examination of conscience, which is much more familiar to us. That's the, the examination of conscience we typically do at the end of the day, covers the whole the whole day, all areas of life, you know, sort of all of what happened in our day. But the particular examination of conscience focuses in on some particular virtue and some particular um issue that we're working on, some particular vice. And so what I'm going to invite you to do in a sort of psycho-spiritual examination of consciousness is to, to really ask this question, where have I looked for comfort? Where have I looked for reassurance? Where have I looked for, for compassion today? And how has that gone? And then the virtue that I'm going to invite you to work on with this is trust. Can I make an act of trust can I ask for greater trust in you, Lord? Can I ask you for greater confidence in whatever the thing is that I'm having trouble with, the thing that I need to be reassured about? And there's no shortage of them in this coronavirus you know, uh, crisis that we're in this, and all the related things that are happening with that. You know, Help me to know who you really are. And then to create that space to invite him in. And if that's too threatening for a lot of people, Dealing with God the Father is too threatening because of some toxic father associations that they have. There's the Blessed Virgin, uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary. She is tremendous. And sometimes that that may not resonate. There's other saints as well. Saint Joseph is a is a tremendous father figure as well that a lot of my clients have really resonated with. So to create that space to begin to have an experience to trust that God actually sees you, that He knows you that he provides safety for you, that he's going to provide that, that comfort, that he's going to make good on the promises that he made you in the readings for the 14th Sunday in Ordinary Time. And then let us know. I mean, if you do that, let us know how it goes. You know, we would love to hear from you. Love to on hear. That. Yeah. 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 Because that's what this is all about. I mean, Souls and Hearts is all about grounding psychology grounding human formation in a catholic worldview we're about bringing together the natural and the spirit and the spiritual where you know saint thomas aquinas tells us that that grace perfects nature it doesn't destroy nature and so that your human nature is good but because of the culture we live in because of our fallen human because of our fallen human condition nature gets upended it gets it gets distorted and so like St. John the Baptist here at Souls and Hearts, we're really working to prepare the way for the spiritual life. We're looking to shore up those natural foundations for your spiritual life. We want to do that out of, out of, uh, out of love for you, out of this call that we have to be bringing that to a much wider audience. So that's why we put out these free courses like the one that you mentioned, Dr. Jerry, that's that new one on um, you know, Catholic's Guide to Self-Help. Uh, we've got other ones as well. Just whole bunches of things going on at Souls and Hearts. Uh, so. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Peter. I think that's a beautiful reflection there and a beautiful call to action, really, is, yeah. is identifying what is that comfort that we seek 
and being able to um, consciously do that examination, that particular examination of conscience, like you mentioned. Um, yeah. To, be able to even identify, right, what the yeah. virtue is and that you're going to strive for. Well, we're going to, we're going to be looking at trust. Now, if you have a particular examination of conscience, that's assigned to you by your spiritual director, your confessor, go with that. Right. But if you, you know, most people don't. So, so yeah, just looking at where am I having trouble trusting and specifically trusting that you will give me rest, Lord, that you, that, that your, that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And that if I take it on, I will rest. I mean, that's such a, such a tremendous thought, right? Because people wore yokes too. Actually, Christ fitted yokes to people, right? For carrying buckets of water, you know, for carrying heavy loads. He fitted them to people, right? So this idea that you would put on a yoke and it would give you rest, that's just really, that's really strange, right? To mm-hmm. so many people. But this is, this is the extraordinary promise of our God. And for those people that have actually tried it, they inevitably find it to be true sooner or later. Right. So so we want you to be able to overcome the psychological obstacles and barriers to being able to experience that, create that space for our Lord to be able to work in your life as well. All right. Well, we look forward to seeing you again next week on Be With The Word. And we look forward to hearing your comments and all of the the different things you have to share on either our YouTube comment section or on our website uh, for any of our many courses. is that a wrap there, Dr. Peter? That sounds like that sounds like a wrap. And well, one more thing I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being here with us. Uh, more and more people are getting on board with Be With The Word. More and more people are connecting with souls and hearts. We're getting more and more of an active community going and we can't do this without you. So, so I just want to really extend heartfelt gratitude and appreciation to all of our listeners and especially, especially for the prayers that you have offered up for us. I can really feel those happening, you know, so thank you for that. Keep those prayers coming. All right. We pray for you too. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, we do. All right. Till next time, be still. Believe. Be loved. Be loved. Take good care. God bless you all.